Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Office Hours. It is the heavenly edition, and it looks like God himself has sent me down for Office Hours today with my partner in Office Hours, Blaine Bartlett. It's been far too long, Blaine. Uh, welcome back. How are you? It's, it's good to be back. Uh, I'm back from the Bahamas, back from uh, graduation parties, back, just back. This is it, good. It is good. Well, media allows us to do these shows in our first Gret, our first guest certainly understands media and entertainment and the mobile nature and the adaptability of media today comparatively to when I used to have to go into an uplink studio just to get anything transmitted. Uh, Javon Frazier is in the house, founder and CEO of Mastro Media, mastromedia.com. Welcome to Office Hours. Thank you so much for having me, and and I know it's uh, we're we're in different places. Super late where you are, and so happy <laughs> happy to be here with you and, and and Blaine. Great to you know meet you and and yeah. learn more about you. It's been fantastic. Thank you guys. Well, you spent over a decade at Marvel, so there's no shortage of experience uh, in the entertainment and media world, and there's been so many changes, especially here in the last few years, including today uh, with Threads. Uh, it's amazing how quickly entertainment and media can change. Uh, one little Zuckerberg move can change the entire face of entertainment and media once again. How can we stay ahead of the curve when there's so many changes going on uh, in uh, digital media, especially? Well, I think you know, me and Blaine were, were joking like a few seconds ago, right? That like we had to turn our phones off because the thread notifications are taking over the phone right now, right? We, everyone just uh, jumped on the threads this morning. Uh, and I think to answer your question, staying, staying relevant, right? I think obviously we don't know how it's going to play out. We know it's a huge uh, innovative move, but we got on it as soon as it started. And now my phone, I think, is overheating, <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I turned it off. I don't want to disrupt this call. But I think definitely uh, staying relevant, uh, not just, you know, threads and social media, but obviously the biggest conversation of our time right now, AI, um, yeah. which is just really uh, taking over the industry and taking over all industries um, just due to how big of a technological leap it is. Right. Uh, AI has just been um, the, the something I talk about a lot. Um, you know, it's probably the biggest revolution I've seen in my lifetime, right? Uh, and I've lived through the internet and things like that, but the computing power and, and even using AI today versus, you know, a few months ago, it's a different tool. It's just moving so rapidly and, and affecting so much. You know, I uh, was just on a call earlier today meeting, at, you know, we're in early concept stage on a, on a uh, project that we're looking at right now. And the guy that I'm collaborating with you know, put into ChatGPT, uh, he said, you know, script out for me the opening sequence for this phase of this you know, movie that we're you know, envisioning here. And I, I mentioned that because I saw something that came across in a, in a newsletter that I get from Peter Diamandis today. And he said, by 2030, um, there will be two kinds of companies on the planet. Those that, are those that have embraced AI and those that are out of business. And I, I think, agree. Yeah, I would move that timeline ahead of though. Like, I mean, 2030s, I think it's too far away. That's what I was going to ask. Like a year from, I mean, probably already past that point. I, I mean, really, I think it's it's moving at such a rapid pace uh, that you know, uh, 
you, you've got to learn about it. You've got to learn the technology. Um, obviously, there's a lot of rights issues that we're dealing with, with yeah. artist rights that, you know, obviously is, is the biggest conversation. And I think all that stuff will work itself out within, you know, the legal ramifications of how we, how that integrates the new technology. But I think as consumers, you have to, you know, it's, it's like the internet, right? It's that revolutionary. I think it's probably even more revolutionary than the internet. And I think as, a, as business owners or leaders or people in business, you have to take a look and, and see how it works in order to, um, so I agree with you. I just think I would move the timeline ahead. Yeah, I would too. More years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Javon, I, I agree with you as well. The timeline is extraordinary fast and especially from zero to one is where quantitatively at its basic core, you don't have to be an expert. Uh, and one of the areas too is understanding content like you do to capture more of the emotional uh, adaptation of AI that a lot of people, you know, will either reject or are terrified of, meaning which, you know, I've been posting to burner accounts uh, for years, transcribing audio and video content of mine, notating that, you know, coming from in 1992, the search space with Boolean language searches, and then into the middleware space, and then into the hardware space, previous to my entertainment and sports business, uh, I was preparing for the adaptation of some sort of search mechanism that can pick up uh, the emotional aspect to be able to have my employees, you know, plug in an email and say, hey, rewrite this email as if I'm David Meltzer, speaker, author, entrepreneur. Now, that doesn't work unless the synthesized data is representative of the emotional aspect of David Meltzer, speaker, author, entrepreneur. Um, it's still in the creator and entrepreneur space, an emotional uh, adaptation of technology, which is a science. It's it's not real. Uh, that's why they call it, for example, artificial intelligence. How do you see the emotional aspect of, of entertainment? Uh, I call it media. You call it media and entertainment, sports media and entertainment. Uh, how do you see the integration of the emotional aspect of technology uh, here in, in the next few months or years? Well, I think we use technology at Maestro Media. I mean, we, we've actually have an innovative uh, take on product development, right? So we use uh, crowdfunding or crowdsourcing, not as a, a way of generating funds, but as a way of getting fan sentiment, right? So we, we launched a game uh, in 2018 with an amazing creator, Edmund McMillan, called The Binding of Isaac, uh, Four Souls. It was a, a tabletop game that we launched through Kickstarter, right? And, and the way that we were able to do it was to get people to come with us on this journey. We showed them every card, every stage of development, everything that we were doing. As a matter of fact, uh, in developing the game, we wanted to get the game out for the holidays that year. I think we launched the Kickstarter in June of that year. And we want to get the game out for the holidays, which is a very tough timeline, you know, for, for following the work. And we, and we, so what we said is like, look, guys, we can't realistically, we've been building this thing with you guys. You know, you've seen everything. We, we, this is look, we need to get it to you guys by the holidays. We realistically can't do it in that time period unless you guys help us. And so we put all the cards up on a on a site. Um, and the fans edited the cards for us and we made the deadline. And so I think technology is a tool for efficiency, but people still um will will consistently forever. Um, that's how product and that's how real sentiment will be um, you know, transfer forever. I, I you know, literally 
you know, I think technology will speed up our operations and our processes, but getting feedback from the fans, having fan experiences, you know, fan shows are back better than ever, right? You know, really having those experiential things where fans tell you what they want, that's really the way to build long-term connection and success. And so I think the, the issues of technology when people try to use technology to replace that, that actual sentiment or, you know, you can see the difference. And so it's, it's great for efficiency, but I don't think it'll ever replace um, that, that true human emotion. When somebody takes out their, their wallet and buys a game from us, that is a very strong action. And so we want them, we want to deliver something that they, you know, uh, that, that it fulfills all the desires and we want them to know that we're in a relationship with them and we want them to continue to purchase with us. And we, and we have a two-way communication that really can't be replaced by technology. It's really a human two-way communication. We use platforms and things to facilitate it, but it really is people on the other end of that that really are communicating with the fans. You know, the idea of being able to digitize and democratize yeah, uh, enables speed to market in a very interesting way. And particularly in the multimedia space that you occupy with uh, Maestro Media, um, that, that emotional connection, that emotional bond, when, yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking here of big blockbusters, you know, like Tom Cruise with, you know, take, you know, one of those things. There's an emotional cachet associated with that, but there's a huge promotional budget to kind of begin to create that. From a crowdsourcing perspective, you know, that's the democratization piece. How do you, in the, in the way that you work with this, curry that emotional engagement, if you will, through that democratization process? Yeah, for our last game, uh, the, the, we did a, a fall to Binding of Isaac. We, we started you know, well in advance. We had a, a site with, we just had like a piece of key art. <laughs> and we had a website and said, hey, this is coming. We're working on it. We're figuring out the date. And literally over time, we just released more content, released more information. And before launch of the game, we had over 50,000 people that was on a sign-up list that were saying, hey, we're ready. When this thing launches, we're ready to go. Uh, and that game rocketed to $6.7 million in 30 days. Um, it was 48,000 backers that backed that game. And, and it was really based upon, like you said, um, democratizing the process. Like, you know, we, we would do the, the creator, Edmund McMillan's amazing. We work with him and he'd, we do polls. They say, what figures would you want in the game? What, 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 what cars do you want in the game? Um, we, we did, we did a lot of, you know, tons and tons of cross promotions with other games. We said, Hey, what are your other games that you like? Would you like to see them cross promoted in this game? They said, sure. They gave us a list of games that they wanted to be cross promoted in this game. We went out and we, we did the deals and, and, you know, the creator went out there and, and it's got favors and we call people, we did various things and we got those other games within our game. And so we really responded to the, um, you know, what the fans wanted. That's really the, the, nest, the nexus of our company. Like you yeah. said, I think you, you said it right. We democratize, you know, fan desires and wants. And it really, you know, our, our goal is to deliver, you know I, know, I know David's goal is a billion, right? Our goal is about 100 million, you know, uh, fantastic fan experiences and, and deliver yeah. that fan surprise and delight when they have a game because we've delivered on the little details or things that they asked for. And, and that's how they continue to support us. And that's how we continue to support them. And so it really is about a relationship 
and that's, that's something that we've been able to, to hone in on. Well, Jaylon, you are a veteran digital strategist imploring <laughs> and executing on the AAA strategy that has worked for me in traditional and digital businesses at Maestro Media, and that is alignment, action, and adjustment uh, utilized in crowdfunding uh, has certainly allowed not only the democratization, but also a keen sense of excitement and aggregation of a community, which will make your next launch even easier because of the satisfaction and quality and value that you provided. Uh, founder and CEO of Maestro Media, Javon Frazier, please promise us you'll come back and we can't wait to see what you guys do next. Thank you so much. Yeah, we, we've got, well, just, just for that, uh, we're, we've, we've kind of transferred that to our con- continue the pathway we're working on uh, Hello Kitty and Smurfs this fall. So yeah. working with additional oh, big brands. Yeah. And so uh, obviously the Binding of Isaac is um, really a fantastic brand. We've had 11, 11 million players and continuing with other IPs, you know, um, uh, you know, Hello Kitty and Smurfs. I'm, I'm a dad. And so my <laughs> seven, my seven year old and 11 year old, I'm really cool right now. <laughs> and so That's that is awesome. the future and what we launched those games this fall. So uh, maestromedia.com is the website. And for more information on that, but uh, we're going to continue delivering for the fans and continue giving them what, what, what they want because it's it's really been a dream for for me and everyone that works at the company. That is awesome, Javon. Love Please it. come back. Continue to join us as well. Thanks for joining us on Office Hours. Thank you. I'll circle back with you, Javon. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay. Take Thank care. You. Congrats. All right. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. We got you'll love this next guy. I certainly do. And we're getting to be closer and closer friends. Vin Infante is in the house. There he is. What's hey up, Vin? Hey, Vin. What's up? Hey, everybody. Look at you. That, that looks like a very professional setup. No Not kidding. Bad. I got a <laughs> coming down. And... <laughs> so I, let, let's start because, you know, you do have a professional setup in your career, uh, well, just so you know, Vin's mom's one of my n- number one fans. So I'm, I got the in when it comes to Vin, uh, <laughs> okay. when somebody, when someone's mom loves you. But uh, Vin, you know, your background, I think, is uh, an epitome of where we can be today in frequency, vibration, essence. Uh, explain to everyone what your day job is as you stand there in a high price studio creating unbelievable content. <laughs> Hi, Price. Well, this is my home office, but thank you. <laughs> so, I think I think my my day job description continues to evolve, but I would say it's in the business of helping people just become the best version of themselves. I I feel like that's probably the best description I could give. In your educational background? So, I have a master's degree. I've got a clinical focus in psychotherapy. I also went for my coaching certification training under Tony Robbins uh, training program. And I've created a hybrid service of offering aspects on the different modalities ranging from therapy, mentoring, and coaching to form one hybrid holistic service. And I have 13 years of experience in mental health overall. Couldn't have a better equipped uh, positioning for today and the critical business and life issues that we face. Blaine? Yeah, I mean, I I was... Yeah, impressed just in reading the uh, 
the prep notes that I got prior to this uh, sit down. And it struck me that, you know, you've got you know, kind of a gestalt of uh, experiences and you know, disciplines that you bring together. And the work that you do, I know that mindset is kind of the core of everything that you organize around. And I was struck by something that Fritz Perls, you know, the father of gestalt therapy, you know, said, I mean, you know, literally years ago, uh, <laughs> that simple awareness can be curative. And the idea of awareness, you know, just, you know, which speaks to mindset, you know, being aware of what is that mindset, that 97, that 95% that runs, you know, subliminally in my life here. In your work with the various disciplines that you bring together, where do you bring the uh, use of imagination into play? That's a great question that nobody's ever asked me. <laughs> so... I think one of the biggest spaces that imagination comes into play is actually even tailoring imagination to create new reality. Mm -hmm. So one of the modalities that I've used and have never formally trained, but really studied a lot in is NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. Mm -hmm. And what's so great about that is that it really focuses on creating powerful images. A lot of people struggle to get over past experiences because they continue to replay it over and over in their minds. Yeah. But the thing that's most powerful that keeps them stuck is that they're unable to change the emotional component. And emotions are actually more directed by our other senses like sight and sound and vision. And so if we can create new images or almost create an imaginative uh, view mm -hmm. of something, we could actually start shifting people's emotional states and get them unstuck by creating their ideal image or even by distorting images or situations that they've experienced to something that will serve them in purpose of creating freedom or allowing them to take more ownership or accountability or even just giving them a sense of peace over something that might have been otherwise really traumatic. Yeah. And what we're really okay. talking about is changing the meaning uh, that we give defining moments, void mm -hmm. shortages, obstacles, successes, even failures. And then how people attach those uh, visualizations or images. And I have a current, you know, condition that I talk about all the time. You'll never overachieve your own self-image. And, you know, when we're exploring someone's self-image, uh, being uh, educated how you are, how do you get someone to articulate, uh, you know, the commonalities of mommy issues or not feeling worthy, but articulate to you what exactly their self-image is? What process do you utilize in order to effectuate that? I think it, that that's also an interesting question because it, it needs a few different components, right? If people knew exactly who they were, it would be very easy to create the, def the distinction between who you are and who you're trying to become. And most people have a pretty good idea of who they want to become, but they don't really have a great fleshed out version of who they are. So a few different things that I'll do is I'll typically take people through a value exercise, for instance. And funny enough, there's a new uh, exercise that I've kind of delved deeper into because I had assigned a homework assignment to one client and they didn't do it properly. And it turned out to actually be an even better assignment. And the assignment was to create a two, two value lists, one of the things you do value and one of the things you don't. But what was interesting is they created a value list of the things they do value. And then a value list of what they do value, but didn't make it to the top 10. And that Ooh. led to a question Ooh. of what are the things that you do value that didn't make it to the top 10? And if we replaced some of the things in your current value list could actually exponentially enhance your growth. 
And that became an amazing assignment for this client. And now I've actually used this more regularly with my other clients. So I find creating these forms of transformation and, and building into the new person is more about getting people into value alignment and then having them act that out, live that out and experience it virtually every day until they start becoming it. No, I, that, I, I love that assignment uh, because it triggered something in my mind and some of the work that I've done, um, you know, that, uh, um, yeah, most people will, and I'm going to use values as, as an example here, but it's also true with behaviors. Most people treat a shift in behavior or a shift in values as an on-off switch. Mm. It's either I'm this way or I'm that or I'm not. And as opposed to a reestat, and some of these values that you're describing that didn't make the top 10 list, it's almost as if the off switch has been flipped. But if you can get them to think about it in terms of this is a reestat, what would, for the sake of what, would it be useful to bring this value to the top tier? Mm-hmm. And how would that actually end up looking? And yeah, and again, it, it, it's anchored into the for the sake of what, which is that future self that I aspire to uh, to become. So here's the question that's embedded in that little uh, narrative. How did you get your client in this case to actually begin to adopt that? Because values are just, you know, there's behaviors associated with values. Sure. How, yeah, how did you begin to get them to actually integrate those so that they took hold? Because I'll, you know, I can get people to change short term if I got a big enough sticker, big enough pot of money. <laughs> but sustainability, how do you sustain that movement over time? Because it's a shift in relationship with self that you're really speaking to. Right. And there's so much that goes into that. I think, and, and I'll preface the the response with this. I think a lot of issues with today's modern day psychology is it shifted so heavily into CBT. And CBT has a lot of great uses. CBT has also been distorted from the origins. There's this great book called About Behaviorism, where Skinner Mm -hmm. goes back and talks about what behaviorism is and what it's become and what it shouldn't be. And I think that behaviorism is great, but has limitations. And when I started learning more about Gestalt and Ericksonian, what I had started seeing is those are actually two of the more effective modalities. And why is because of the fact that it encompasses people in a holistic fashion. CBT is your thoughts and your behaviors, but it doesn't account for all the other pieces of you. And so when you start looking at people from this holistic perspective, you could create rapid transformation because when I work with clients, why we get rapid results is because I'm not just going to talk about your thoughts and your behaviors because those are such small pieces. Let's talk about your environment. Let's talk about where you try to work and live. Let's talk about your daily routine. Let's talk about what are your thought processes. And I go into these things called the five aspects of mastery. And if you can master these five, you can create a proactive life where you consciously create instead of passively experience. So the biggest emphasis I put is on that, which is your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, your behaviors, and your emotions. And so I'm looking at environment. How do we control these five aspects of mastery? What are your values? How would somebody who lives out those values act? What would they say, do, think, et cetera? And it becomes a very long process. Well, Mm -hmm. short, right? could be short or long, depending on how long it takes for the adaptation to occur. But I challenge them to do these things every single day Mm -hmm. and believe that you are the person first internally and then act it out every day until the external environment starts to respond differently. And that's when we know you've actually started to achieve change. Right. And you... And utilizing those five, you know, really define intention and helping them 
narrow their focus on and be attentional with what's intention with what they do say, think, believe, and feel. Um, but I'm going to back the truck up, not to steal from my boy, Rick Macy, which we do our game set life show. He likes to back the truck up, uh, you know, in the example of, you know, learning the Delta or the quantifiable difference between, Hey, these are the top 10 things that I do value. What if I replaced some of those things with the things that didn't make the list? Um, I, you know, something else struck a chord with me while Blaine was listening to that. What, what I was thinking is, what was your objective of finding out what they didn't value? Because it seems mm-hmm. arbitrary, capricious, and disconnected from values to think about what I don't value, uh, but I'm not as educated in this type of uh, psychotherapy and analysis. So by asking them for what they didn't value, what, what was uh, your goal and understanding of that well the goal is always creating higher levels of awareness if we talk about business which is something i think we could all relate to because we're all entrepreneurs just like in business we want to know what works we also want to know what doesn't work now why that could carry over to value systems is because a lot of people have a good idea of what they do value but we don't always know fully what we don't value and sometimes because of predispositioned um, experiences we've had or trauma or situations, we might actually be living in our don't value list. We might even be sharing relationships with people that are highly involved in the don't value list. Or we might even be doing things throughout our day, like just activities or habits or patterns that are teetering on the don't value list. And so it's really about creating that higher level of conscious awareness, because when you don't have that conscious awareness, it's very easy to start doing things we don't value, especially if they've been patterned from our past. Like if you don't value, let's just say anger, but your father was always angry and he was explosive. You might be explosive yourself, but you're not consciously aware that this is something you really don't value, yet it's a habit and a behavioral pattern that you perpetuate day in and day out because you have not built the proper awareness to take ownership, accountability, and responsibility, that this is something you're continuing to live out day in and day out. And it's, as, I, as I hear you describe that, it is the egoic self that is valuing that don't value list in, in yes. large part. And it's that out of, yeah, the out of sight, out of mind, unconscious, subconscious. Mm. That, and, and, and the idea, and this is, I'm just clarifying here, uh, Vin, but when, when I hear don't value, uh, I hear don't like. And I'm that's not, not sure at all what you're saying. Right. That's not right. at all what you're saying. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah. this is not a value that I would um, embrace. Yet my ego has already <laughs> yeah, integrated it yeah, into what's Correct. going on in my life. Yeah. And there's, and there's usually portions that people aren't aware that they are stepping into. Like some people might say, well, I hate people that are defensive, but why do you hate people that are defensive? Well, we see your dad was always right and he was always defensive. You couldn't critique him. You couldn't criticize him. And so now you hate people that are defensive, but then we could ask an even deeper question. It's like, do you hate when people are defensive or do you dislike the dynamic you have with your dad? And now if anyone gets even a little bit defensive, all of a sudden you're ready to write them off. So now you're not a tolerant person. You're actually very dismissive. And it's more from a protection space and a scarcity mindset of, I don't want to be in this pain. And so your defense mechanism goes way up. You cut connections and, you know, you could label somebody to have massive red flags when it's really a small flag. It's more massive in you. And it's a signal that you have a lot more inner work to do and process. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's nobody out there but me. So everything that I'm triggered by is is me. Correct. <laughs> like like they always said, since Sanskrit, uh, others are mirrors of ourselves, and yeah. looking and creating processes and different exercises in order to incorporate our own self image and what we think of ourselves and give meaning uh, to ourselves instead of always worrying about what meaning other people are giving uh, to us, uh, which is completely a judgment and opinion based on ignorance and doubt, uh, not a safe or a healthy place to live. Vin Infante is always, you can bring it my brother. And uh, I just can't wait to get more of you go to vincentinfante.life. If you want one of the world's best life coaches, I got two of them with me today. Blaine Bartlett, blainebartlett.com, and vincentinfante.life. They'll take care of the mindset, the heart set, and the handset with years of experience, intelligence, intuition, and of course, inspiration. I'm inspired by both of you. Vin, I'm so glad you got to meet Blaine. Blaine, I'm so glad you got to meet Vin. Thank you for showing up. I'm sure we'll have you back. I'll see you soon at one of my VIP dinners, meetups. TV shows, something with the incredible Vin Infante. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Good to meet you, Vin. Have a good week. Thanks, brother. All right. From the light to the darkness, back to the light. Blaine Bartlett, (laughs) what's your takeaway? Ah, the takeaway today. um, I'm going to go with my tried and true relationship uh, takeaway. I mean, both of our guests today really talked about relationships in some interesting ways. It It was nuanced. But if I change my relationship with anything out there, you know, which is what Vin was talking about, essentially. I change the experience that I have, and I change the possibilities that are in front of me. And that's also true with the uh, the you know, Maestro Media, as an example. We, we, you know, we change the relationship that we have with our uh, consumer. And this is where the crowdsourcing piece comes into play. Yeah, how do I get meaning established? How do I make it compelling to want to be a part of something? That's a relational shift. And once I've shifted that relationship different possibilities emerge. So that whole dynamic, I think, is really important to pay some attention to. I love it. My takeaway is on the emotional aspect of not only technology, but in life in general, and how do we intertwine and reconcile uh, the emotion, the energy emotion that is incorporated in what we do say, think, believe, and feel, whether it's in entertainment, in gaming, sports, or in uh, life itself, uh, we often ignore the emotional aspect and really enjoyed the exercises, uh, the, the AI analysis of Javon, but the exercises that Vin has incorporated to expose or raise the awareness to our own emotional status. Energy emotion is everywhere and you elevate my energy, my friend, and I'm so glad we have reunited after our various <laughs> travels and I've almost messed it up but I'm glad that I came through. Don't even call it a comeback. I've been here for years. Office yeah. Hours has been here for years. We <laughs> premiered Office Hours, the TV show with Blaine Barlett and Cynthia Kersey. Kersey. We actually yep. have the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Award winner each episode. Uh, and so we are supporting our favorite charity, Blaine and I, the Unstoppable Foundation. So check it out on Apple TV. We are tomorrow It was launching... Uh, it's season number four, episode four. number two. And uh, yeah, four and two. That's four uh, two. <laughs> Jackie Robinson should be easy. It's a retired number in baseball. Remember yep. 42. Blaine, I will catch you soon. Uh, I'm going to be uh, giving you guys a call. So I love you. BlaineBartlett.com, everyone. Thanks for joining. Thank you, me. buddy. Enjoy Italy.
see you when you get home. Somebody has to. All right. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you so much. I see you, Blaine. I know quick draw over Luca out there, you know, she's ready to go. She knows it's late for me. So she's trying to take care of her dear friend here in Italy as we're approaching 1245 and thank God Julie fell asleep. Anyway, everyone, tomorrow's training will be on, uh, we'll be on clubhouse and training. Just join us, uh, email me if you want a book, I'll sign a book. Always send it to you, pay for shipping and the book David at dmelter.com. We've been doing training for over 23 years. October will be 24 years. Over 86,000 people registered for training tomorrow. It'll be 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific time. David at dmelter.com. Be more interested than interesting. Be kind to your future self. Do good deeds. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for joining me.